The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined, as always, on Friday by my buddy, Rich Rebar. We go through and we pick our five favorite games against the spread. Been having uh, a very good year picking these games against the spread. It's been, it's been fun. It's been profitable. Uh, we have a 19-point spread with our favorite team, though, the Kansas City Chiefs this week. So maybe one of our free squares uh, got, did, get, did get taken away. Rich, how are we doing, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know what we're going to do with 20, 20 points, man, laying 20 points. And last week we were kind of hesitant. We thought we might be kind of on the fence what we're going to do. And we, we both went three and two, and we both went four and one if Cody Parkey makes that extra point. Uh, what a death tilt that was. You know, I'm watching that game, and the Browns go down the field in a minute. David, people, Don, I'm thinking all the time, like, well, let's get the overtime, and then let's get it to overtime. We win by a touchdown. We're good. Donovan Peoples-Jones catches the touchdown. I'm like, oh, we're there. And then Parkey misses the extra point. It's – gamblers tilt uh to the fullest <laughs> we ran through all the emotions in one minute span yeah well you know that and that's that's sports gambling right I had I had Atlanta last night and I can't be the only one who had Atlanta plus two who saw Carolina with the ball and was like oh this is dead they're gonna Carolina's gonna go down and score they're gonna get the ball first in overtime and score again like I was so ready to lose that one it well, I feel well, I feel did. very blessed yeah three minutes to go in the game uh carolina's got all three timeouts and it's second down and the falcons run a screen pass that russell gage drops and it's almost intercepted on a tip pass and then the next play Gurley runs out of bounds on a toss so you run two plays that run no time off the clock don't make carolina use any of their timeouts <laughs> and they get the ball back chasing eight uh and then they and you give up a third and 17 on the dj Moore ball and you're just like all right you can just see it coming you can just yeah. see like the arth- they're cutting to arthur blank on the sideline you see he's like you can see him dying under his mask <laughs> it's just like yeah, here it comes <laughs> and then they end up hanging on with bleedy ray wilson of all people you love to you love to see it um all right so let's get <laughs> into picking these games i'll let uh, i'll let you go first with your number five so I, I, I kind of teased before we got on. I, there's four games I really like, and then there was three games I was debating in the five spot. Uh, and I'll tell you the two I didn't pick just because if you picked any of them, we can talk about them. But uh, I was leaning towards the Bengals. And I was looking at them, but the offensive line injuries just kind of worry me. Uh, I just feel like the points are too big. I mean, you look at uh, Bengal Joe, backdoor Joey, Joey backdoors, dude. Yeah. Yeah, backdoor Burroughs. So their losses this year, they have five losses, but uh, they got the blowout loss to the Ravens, but their other losses are by three, five, four, and three points. Like, they're keeping these games close. The Titans' defense uh, is bad enough to kind of, you know, let them get yardage and, and, and points. So, I mean, just all of the offensive line injuries kind of spooked me a little bit. So, I mean, that one was in contention. I was kind of looking at the Ravens just having the edge, you know, off of by – 
uh, you know, being home field off of by, but man, I mean, like, it's hard for me when I look at just like the, the way the Steelers play defense and how much trouble they gave Lamar last year. Like, I don't know. I feel like four isn't the best number. I mean, even three and a half, I don't think that's a great number. I think the Ravens win, but it could just be a field goal game. So I don't love the number either. So I number I, five. I, I have Pitt. I have Pitt as my. As, okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking like Pittsburgh plus the points is is the better play. So, but I think the Ravens outright win. But I do, the points are in a weird space. So yeah, yeah we'll three and a, three and a half. Right it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that game. And so I'm gonna go with uh, the Browns uh, minus two and a half, and it's actually gotten bet down uh, towards the Raiders side. But I mean, we've got West Coast team coming East Coast uh, early start, and the Raiders have been game. I mean, they they were in that game for the Bucks last week. It was 24-20 at a point before they gave up 21 straight points. Uh, they beat the Chiefs on the road, and they beat the Saints. Uh, but when you look at the Browns, it's I mean, we talked about it last week. Like we just look at the the opponents that they face, and if the defense can't stop the run, and they can't stop them doing anything. Like they're always going to be like this is when Baker plays his best football. Uh, and the Raiders can't stop the run, and they can't stop the pass. They can't do really either thing. Uh, so I just think the Browns are going to be able to get off. I think they win by a field goal at least uh, in this game um, as home favorites. Uh, so, I mean, this is really – short and sweet is just really is that the Raiders don't do the things that the that give the Browns problems. And uh, they're 31st in defensive DVOA. The Browns have faced three other teams that are uh, below 24 and older, and they've won them all, all games. So I'm just going to say that they win by a field goal or more. Yep, I am. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. This was one of my games as well. Uh, so the for me, really, the thesis statement is this should be three and a half or four, probably because I mean the Browns are the Browns are just a better team. Their defense, actually, you know, as you mentioned, has been. I, I mean, I think probably better than the preseason predictions for them, like expectations. And I also, in a weird way. <clears throat> Like, you just really like the Browns playing with the lead. They have, they're have a great run-blocking team. They're a great running team. Kevin Stefanski was born to call plays with a three-point lead. Now, now down 10 points, uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't love the Browns' <laughs> offense as much because you have Baker, you know, just making puzzling decisions. And, yeah, I mean, it, we saw this in the Cincinnati game where they were – where they blow them out. Like, they are just such a good team at playing with the lead. And, you know, also – what you want with a a home favorite that you think is a good team, but not a great team is you want them to be able to score while they're killing the clock. And some teams like, for example, the chiefs, if they were to run the Browns offense where it was just all like power runs and stuff, I actually think they'd give up a lot of leads because they just would have to settle for field goals. But so the chiefs know their strength and, and they just keep passing the ball when they're up, but the Browns are able to generate like positive EPA plays even while running the ball. So the Browns were, the Browns were definitely on my list here. And I also, I also just keep waiting for Derek Carr to have one of those games, you know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm really waiting for Derek Carr to go uh, 18 for 32, 188 yards, three interceptions. And he hasn't had one of those yet, but I know he has those in his back pocket for sure. He's playing great, man. But uh, I mean, the Browns pass defense isn't good, but their defensive front is good and they're good against the run. So, I mean, it's going to be another game where they're not going to be able to really establish Josh Jacobs. I mean, in this, the season has kind of gone the way for Josh Jacobs. Like a lot of us thought it would, I mean, he's really struggled based on the schedule and this offense. He's been a little dinged up, but uh uh, it's another matchup that's not great. He's a road dog. Uh, he still, even with his receiving output, not to turn this into fantasy stakes, but he's still 30th amongst all running backs receiving points per game. He's still, he's gotten an uptick in receiving, but it's still not really tangible. Uh, and the Browns are really good against opposing running backs. So it's be another game that's going to be put in the hands of Derek Carr um, based on being, you know, a road dog. It's another team that can stop the run. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all the way there with you on this one. Okay, so we'll just do because that was either going to be my four or my five, and then so is Pittsburgh. And I'll just go ahead and explain mm-hmm. my thinking. I wouldn't feel like this is one of those bets where, like, at halftime, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so stupid. Why did I make this bet? Big Ben can't push the ball down the field. You know, Baltimore is just hitting him in the face every play. They're trying to run with James Conner on second and long to protect Ben a little bit. It's, it's going terrible, and it's 21-3 to three at half. On the other hand, though, the Steelers' defense is so good. I mean, they have difference-making players at every level, right? Like, they have, a, they have a solid front seven. The defensive backs are really good. They're, you know, they, they call great games defensively. And I still, like, this has kind of been one of my things all year, is I either think that Lamar is hurt, like he's got something going on with his knee, or he just is like Lamar is not playing at the level that he did last year, right? I, I I don't even know if that's really arguable. And the Ravens have the most QB centric offense in football, where if Lamar is not on his A game against other good teams, it just like they're just in third and ten situations, and you don't want Lamar in third and ten because you can't use play action, you can't run out of the pistol, and like you, it's just a terrible situation to be in, and so. I kind of want the Ravens to beat another really good team this season or play another team really tough this year before I bet on them as a fair. I mean, the Steelers are a great team. Like the Steel- Some people think the Steelers are better than the Chiefs. I don't think that, but that's an opinion that other people have. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the Steelers here until the Ravens show me that they can punch another really good team in the mouth. This game is is very exciting. Obviously, we got the two big, like the probably the two best NFL current rivalries we have uh, are the you know this the Steelers you know Ravens game, especially since Harbaugh's been there. It's the tightest divisional opponent game uh, in, in since two thousand eight when Harbaugh joined the Ravens, and then we got that San Francisco Seattle game too in the same week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you kind of hit upon just like you know the Ravens are thirtieth in like red zone plays per game, like yeah. They just they're not getting they're not getting down the field uh, continuously. And when you just look at Lamar against the Blitz this season, fifty seven percent completion percentage, five point four yards per pass attempt against the Blitz, opposed to sixty six percent, seven point eight yards per attempt when teams don't blitz. Now blitzing a guy like Lamar does leave the you know the the, the door open if he escapes. You know it's going to be a jailbreak. Uh, but you know the, they're facing the he's facing the second heaviest uh second heaviest blitz team uh, the only team that blitzes more than the Steelers is the Ravens on the flip side Ben has been awesome against the blitz so far so I'm curious to see how this plays out you know he's the quickest quarterback to get the ball out of his hands uh this season they've really transformed him into a guy that just gets rid of the football to these guys like you know he's he's getting throwing short passes he's not really taking shots downfield uh but he's been awesome against the blitz so far uh, he's 74% completion rate, 9.4 yards for pass him, six touchdowns against the Blitz, uh, and just 5.8 yards per attempt when teams are dropping back. I think the way you want to play Pittsburgh with the way they are transform their offense with Ben, too high, baby. You want to drop back and play zone. Yep. What's that? Too high. Yeah, too you high, want to drop too, back and too play high zone. You want to, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you want to drop back, play zone, make him throw those short passes, make tackles. They punt the football. I mean, dude, he threw for 268 yards last week. On 49 pass attempts, like that's that's. Gross. I mean, I I uh, went back, <laughs> I went back and watched that game on the All 22 actually because I was just really curious why, do why Juju had so many targets, and mm-hmm. um, it it was because and if you guys are out there looking for a reason to to have some optimism for Juju in the future, like from a dynasty context and everything, 
Juju is still the foxhole guy for Ben. On third and six, they line Juju up in the slot. He does, you know, he just does the double move and he's open. I mean, that was a play they ran time and time again last week. And I, I expect them again to be able to do that against the Ravens because the thing is when your three wide receivers are Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster, one of those guys is going to be in single coverage. And I feel good about all of those guys winning in single coverage. I, I actually think that the Steelers and the Cowboys, you know, before, uh, before the Dak Prescott injury showed why the wide receiver position might even be under invested in by NFL teams, because just having three guys who are so good and who you trust to beat single coverage it's just, it, it's such a nightmare for the other team. So I, I think wide receiver strength is a big reason why I like Pittsburgh here. Yeah. And I want to see the Ravens adjust. Like we see, we talked about it. Uh, so Ben is in the, like, he's not Mahomesian, but like, I just ran off the stats. So he's great against the blitz. The Ravens blitz more than any team in the NFL, but are they going to get out of their own head and just say, well, we're just going to, we, our corners are good enough to match up with these guys. We're just going to blitz and they get beat like they did. Are they, or because they got Yannick and Gakwe, is it going to be a situation where they, they, mix up their defenses a little bit more or are they going to do some of that like I'm really curious to see what they do because they should not blitz outright as much as they do this week and like we said they should play more zone uh and not play as much man-to-man so we'll see if they do but yeah I mean I just feel like this is a weird point total uh you look at last year the Steelers they took them to overtime with Mason Rudolph and the first game Duck Hodges came in because remember Mason yep. Rudolph, that was when he got his concussion and they gave Lamar a handful in that game. It was up until the Chiefs game this year, it was Lamar's easily his worst NFL start was against the Steelers. He threw three interceptions in that game. Uh, he ran for 70 yards. Uh, but, you know, that was at a point like last year where he was running on – he was running so pure, like even giving up 70 rushing yards just like, cool. Like, we'll, we'll live with that. Uh, we're, he's going to get his. But only one touchdown pass. Um, I know Marquise Brown did get hurt in that game after a touchdown catch. But the Steelers gave him a ton of fits. And they're, they just play a defense a defensive style that isn't really suited for Lamar I mean he's that guy that's not going to make a ton of anticipatory throws um if he if he doesn't read the defense off rip and he doesn't break that contain that that second level on blitz like he's just not getting those splash plays and the only plays the Steelers are giving up this year are splash plays like their defense has been excellent outside of giving up you know big plays in games um you know like the A.J. Brown play put the Titans right back in that game last week uh we've seen a couple other you know big home run balls Travis Fulgham you know catching third and longs uh repeatedly in that in that game a couple weeks ago but uh yeah it's gonna the, the Ravens have to show me a little bit more uh like I think the ancillary stuff just favors the Ravens you know being off of a bye being at home yeah the all Steelers, that stuff and the Steelers are kind of do a little bit of regression too you know, like they've been running, they are another team, like they've run really hot on third downs. They're not a great first and second down team. Uh, so, I mean, there's, they're due a little bit of aggression too. I just think the points are a little off. I think the Ravens win, but I feel like it's a field goal or tighter game. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, all right, so what is your next game? Uh, my next game is going to be the Chargers. Um, and it's just because uh, we're betting against Drew Locke which is always I feel I feel pretty good about at this point uh seeing Drew Locke play NFL football uh n- probably no Tim Patrick in this game uh Noah Fant still doesn't look right uh I mean if they just can't line up and run the ball successfully or they get scripted out of the run like Denver has really no answer if they've got to drop back and throw a, a lot it's it's a problem for them uh and then Justin Herbert's just balling out like it's I mean just getting him away from that Oregon offense 
and being able to push the ball vertically downfield is like he looks like a different a different guy than a lot of us you know said is it was all the reasons the scouts loved him we we're kind of like yeah they always like that stuff and then he you know that's all come to fruition you know the, the big arm athleticism it's all come to hit he's got playmakers uh so i mean it's i think that denver is game here like their defense is good enough uh and maybe for fantasy too like you don't get the back and forth uh for herbert because these other three games like for fantasy, he's been pushed to keep like throwing. You know, Saints game, uh, the 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 Bucks game. Like they had to score points. Even last week, the Jaguars got two kind of fluky touchdowns uh, that kind of keep pushing the game uh, off turnovers. Uh, but I don't know if Denver has that in him, man. I mean, it's just Drew Locke's been so listless uh, this season uh, under center that uh, I'll I'll just lay the three here. Yeah. Uh, so I I like that one. This one didn't make my list because I have so much investment in Denver Broncos skill position players that I like can't I can't think that much about you know how brutal they are offensively but I have like Cortland Sutton and all these dynasty leagues I have Philip Lindsay on all my high stakes teams I'm obsessed with um Albert O like I just I need I need these guys to be able to gain some yards and score some points but I I do like this one because it's like Drew Locke is like getting respect it's like an NFL level quarterback and I do not think that it is I mean if Denver had Jameis, how sick would they be right now? If Denver, okay, if Denver had Jameis and Cortland Sutton didn't tear his ACL and they were playing KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, uh, Albert O, and Philip Lindsay, I mean, that is like a, that is a disgustingly good skill position group. And the defense is good too. I Tough think teams. that Jameis is, I think Jameis is a good bet to be like the, the, the next decades uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like just go. To I a love. Different I love teams. that for him, dude. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna, he's probably gonna go to like multiple teams uh, if he doesn't resign with the Saints. Uh, play multiple times. Probably and just turnovers will run him out of jobs or lose jobs in seasons. But like when he plays, he's gonna like post like Boku stats or have like stretches of like four to five games where he's just like unconquerable uh, <laughs> and it just kind of bounce around. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of how I envision the rest of his career playing out. Yeah, uh, that that's a that's a great prognostication. I uh, I love that. I'm I'm with that for for sure. Um, all right, so we we teased it at the beginning. I am taking Kansas City minus nineteen. I, I really am because this is this is the thing. I was I was kind of waffling on it because obviously we think that if the Kansas City Chiefs tried for four quarters, they actually probably are nineteen. It's just you leave the back door so open when you're playing Chad Henney and DeAndre Washington. I think that it's the right side anyway, but I'm actually the, 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 the narrative that I'm going to give you guys out here, the, the narrative hook I'm going to give you is Le'Veon Bell wants nothing more than to get 150 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns against this team. And I think that maybe they leave the offense in for an extra two possessions than they would in a normal game. And also, you know, we saw that, uh, you know, we saw that the chiefs defense is so like a lot better than we thought. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing about the Chiefs season that's been surprising. They really have not been explosive on offense. They haven't been throwing the ball down the field. But they are, you know, one of the 10 best teams in the NFL in terms of special teams DVOA. The defense has been phenomenal. I just – I'm taking the 19. I know it's too many points for an NFL game. But I just – I'm doing it. I mean, I, I just I, – I can't – I can't not. I can't – it's the Jets, dude. The Jets are going to get freaking shut out. It's, it's just going to happen. <laughs> I Jets are the Jets are sad man I laid the 10 last week and I was so mad that the Buffaloes kept kicking field goal after field goal and the Bass missed too because they, they ended up you know not covering 
Uh, but the Jets are miserable, and they look good the first two drives last week, and they were just a nightmare. But, I mean, yeah, the Chiefs defense is – for three three years running, the Chiefs defense has been way better than anyone has thought, and it's because NFL hoopleheads look at rushing yardage, and they're like, the oh, Chiefs get run yeah. on. They don't care yep. if you run on them. Like, nobody cares if they give up rushing yardage. Like, that's, that's helping the Chiefs. But we've seen, like you said, like teams have uh, – I'm curious, too, if Greg can get out of his way because we've, yeah. we've seen teams against the Chiefs. Like, the, the way to play the Chiefs is just drop back, and just let them make do the, do what they want you to do. Just say, hey, man, you have to run. You just have to run. We'd rather live with you getting six yards per carry than you getting 15 yards per completion. And that's kind of uh, the way the approach has been for the Chiefs this year. Uh, but Greg, you know, Greg is going to send heat, man. He can't help it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, he's not coming in. He's not coming in here with a Patrick Mahomes specific game plan. He's just going to let, like, he just doesn't care. He just is going to try and bring the heat and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and, and uh, I, it looks like Watkins isn't going to play this week. They're all just going to be, they're all just going to be running free. We might, we might finally get him a Cole Hardman game here because he literally will be uncovered probably. Yeah, I, I'm not going to – I didn't pick this one just because the points were so – it's, it's the most uh, – it's the highest uh, favorite the Chiefs have ever been in their franchise history. I mean, this has got to be close to one of the biggest ever, right? Well, this last has year be. we had what? Last year we had a couple 20s against the Dolphins early in the season, and then they came back. Remember the Patriots – what were the Patriots against the Dolphins? The Patriots and the Cowboys in back-to-back weeks against the Dolphins, I think both laid over 20. And I think they covered both. <laughs> I think both teams covered too. <laughs> Uh, but I think yeah, they're they're in the twenties. But yeah, you don't typically see a nineteen point. So line. that's that's uh that's one of those interesting things where people. I've heard a couple people say this on podcasts that the Dolphins started out being this terrible last year and then turned it around once they stopped playing Josh Rosen and they you know Brian Flores kind of got them all organized and everything. That's not happening under Adam Gase though. Adam oh, no. Gase is not Brian Flores. Like he's not rallying the troops. I think what we'll see is the Jets will either win or come really close to winning the first game after Gase gets fired, but it'll be a dead cat bounce. But maybe they don't even do that. Maybe Gase really does just stay 16 games so they can get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they should at this point. Like, don't even – they shouldn't even give offer him the mercy of paying him without going through this. Yes. Yeah, should, for sure. They should make him live with the Hugh Jackson stigma. Like, <laughs> you know, make him live with it. Make him yeah, win. 0-16 Adam Gase for sure. Yeah, because if he gets out of it, he can always be like, well, they fired me, whatever. But no, make him wear it, man. Make him wear this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, what's your next one here? Uh, mine is the Colts. Uh, mine is three. I know you hate betting on Phillip Rivers, but uh, coming coming out of the bye, uh, road, uh, short road favorite. I mean, this is like one of those spots we talked about from the trend, you know, capital of the world. Uh, 70% hit rate since, uh, you know, 2013 in these spots. And the culture is better than the Lions, like, in pretty much just about every capacity. The Lions have had two uh, softies the last two weeks, and they still suck on offense. Like, you know, like, they play the Jaguars and the Falcons, and they still can't, you know, execute proper offense because they want to run the ball on first and second down. They're one of the worst offensive teams in first and second down. Uh, they put themselves in terrible third down situations. Colts are good against the run. Uh, pretty pretty good. I mean, some of their uh, DVOA stuff and stuff is inflated because of schedule. Um, even with DVOA weight, like it's still tough. Like they 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 really played a lot, a lot of good opponents. Um, but it looks like they're getting healthier too. Darius Leonard's gonna be back. Anthony Costanzo uh, looks like he'll return. Maybe Michael Pittman comes back and gives them at least another playmaker. Uh, it should be another game where they're gonna be able to run the football, which is what they like to do. 
uh, anyways uh, against the Detroit Lions team that struggled against the run. So, I mean, I'm looking at the Colts. Uh, I think it's an easy three-point dub here, uh, even on the road, uh, against the Matt Patricia team. So, I had this one, too, but I don't feel good about it at all. Um, you hate Phillip Rivers. You, so. Yeah, I hate Phillip Rivers. It's like, it's, like, it's like I think that the Colts could probably average, like, more yards per play, win the turnover battle, but, like, somehow Phillip Rivers is going to get the ball down six points with one minute and 54 seconds left. It's like, I just feel like that is is so inevitable, but – I guess, I guess, you know, one of the things we always talk about is just betting against bad head coaches. And Patricia is clearly, clearly a worse coach than Frank Reich. Like, say whatever you want about Phillip Rivers and, you know, the decision to bring Rivers in over trying to get Newton or Jameis or whatever. Like, that clearly was a catastrophic decision. But Frank Reich calls good plays. You know, he is uh, a very aggressive play caller. Like, he knows all the math, and Patricia doesn't do any of that stuff. And when we're talking about NFL teams where the talent levels are really similar, you, you just got to side with the Colts there, I think, for sure. And the Colts are a great dome team, too. So playing, playing inside, you know, you love, you love to see that. that. That's a total narrative, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself feel better about it because all we're really trying to do is we're trying to, give our, we're trying to glom onto some reasons, you know, to believe what we're, what we're, what we're saying. And that, that is one of the things that I was thinking during this game. Also, this is the only dome game in the main slate for uh, NFL on Sunday. And I, I, this is a, a, a strict DFS take, but I think that like both sides of this offense probably get underowned a little bit relative to playing inside the dome. Cause that's one of the things we know, you know, really does lead to more fantasy points and, and there's bad weather everywhere all over the place. So I, I like this game for DFS too. Yeah, absolutely. I just wish that the lions were just playing the offense they played last year. And I mean, you know, they did it at the end of the game, but it was forced, you know, hand was forced to, to, to play that way at the end of the game last week against the Atlanta Falcons team that up until that point had just been getting shredded through the air. And then when you open up the offense, you move the football, you score touchdowns, who knew? Uh, but man, I mean, I, that game was so frustrating that Falcons Lions game last week, because both those teams are just, they just meandered way through it. Um, but yeah, the Lions, they were, they're a team that wanted to push the ball downfield last year, and they just haven't done that yet this year on a consistent basis, especially in early downs. Like I said, they, they, this early down run, they, that's what, one of the reasons I, I didn't even talk about with the Chargers. One of the reasons to get back on the Chargers is they opened it up last week. They let Herbert cook. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was he, cooking. He threw on first down, you know, uh, 55% of the time, which was way above he, the rate he had had. It was one of the things we had, had been dinging about Anthony Lynn, and they did it. And it's like, yeah. Uh, but the, the Lions still aren't doing that, even with Stafford, a guy, a proven veteran. And yeah, at least they're not giving Adrian Peterson as many carries. They still involved a little too much for my comfort, but uh, they Ugh. need to start throwing more early. The Lions need to be more aggressive on early downs. They have, they have more, Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson. Like, get, come on. Like, let's go. Get these guys the ball. I mean, every Kenny, every Kenny Galladay target looks amazing. It looks like he just cannot be covered by like mere mortals and then they go back to handing it down to Adrian Peterson. It's what it's like if I was an NFL head coach and I was looking out, okay, I got Adrian Peterson, I have Kenny Galladay, like I'd I'd target Galladay like 32 times a game. Like I just wouldn't even have the restraint to not give that guy the ball. But football guys are so I don't know, it's like so ingrained in them that they have to run the ball that they just own themselves that hard. Yeah, it's they're, they're a frustrating team this year very much, but they're in it. I mean like listen if DeAndre Swift catches that touchdown pass in week one uh, they're like right in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, okay. I have two more. One of them is the New Orleans Saints minus four outdoors. Which is my one. Yeah. So they're outdoors, frigid Chicago. 
They're not, they, they are probably going to have Michael Thomas back in this game, though. That's not the first time I've said those words. <laughs> and uh, I just, like, dude, the Bears are just horrible, man. Foles, Stonewurst, Nagy just has lost whatever mojo he had when he was in Kansas City. It's, it's all been beaten away from him by, you know, watching Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles in practice. I, I actually think the, the best Nagy's play calling has ever been was in 2018 with Trubisky where they were just, you know, they were dialing up. Just everything was easy for him. They weren't asking him to be Peyton Manning back there. It's like they were basically running his North Carolina offense, and there's, they, you don't even see that stuff with them now. Like you watch them, and it just looks like your average, you know, uh, Iowa State offense like it just it's it's brutal man it's so brutal and I don't I don't think they can beat the Saints I think they can play this game 10 times I don't think they beat the Saints once yeah this is my number one uh you talk about dude, everything the Bears do on offense every offensive snap feels just like a struggle like yes. just a complete struggle like to get three yards struggle dude they're running like Coral Patterson sweeps on like third and ones like it's just a struggle period it's like it's Uh, like everything just looks like it's so much effort to just get the like you watch some teams and you're like oh yeah drop back six yards completion get up to line do it again and it's just like the bears it's like even like snapping the ball for them looks like it's a struggle (laughs) like there's like a lack of communication between the sideline and bulls and the center like everything looks hard for them yeah, speaking of snapping the ball, they might not have Cody Whitehair in this game. They might not have Allen Robinson. Who this? We record this on Friday morning, and he has yet to practice in concussion protocol and off of a Monday night game. Uh, so, I mean, could be dire for him. But if Allen Robinson ain't playing, <laughs> like, that's their only tangible asset on offense. That I mean, it's just were to dial out more David Montgomery touches. All right, like, that, that's going to be great for the offense. Uh, then when you look at last year, the Saints were in the same spot, right? They went to Chicago without – Drew Brees and without Alvin Kamara and at one point with four minutes to go they were up 36 to 10 in Chicago uh they ended up winning by nine uh but they just went into Chicago had a great game plan against this defense with Teddy Bridgewater uh they ran all over them uh and were just absolutely just woodshedding the Bears uh so I mean I'm not really worried about them in this spot going on the road in the cold or whatever because they just did it last year without Drew Brees without Alvin Kamara it's just a complete mismatch, man, on really every level. I think the Bears' defense is good enough to, like, get a stop or two or force some Will Lutz field goals. But, like, dude, they, how are they going to score? Even against this defense, there, there's no defense right now. You could tell me that if the Bears faced, you're like, even every defense we target, the Jaguars, pick a defense. And if the Bears play, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, it's the Bears' yeah. offense. Like, I don't know. Like, they're not just going to get – like, every, you said they have to work so hard to work so hard for everything they get uh it, i mean i just don't see i don't see it. this this was my number one so this was not my number one because seattle is my number one against san francisco what team other than the kansas city chiefs benefits more from all their running backs being out than the seattle seahawks i mean we, we could get we could get 40 uh rust pass attempts here at like 9.5 ypa but yeah i mean i i think Saints number one, Seahawks number one. Both of them seem to be in really good spots. But we have so now we have the 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 49ers who are on the road at Seattle playing without Debo Samuel. They don't have uh, you know two of their four running backs that they have in their rotation. Like I I don't know. It just it just seems like a like we're gonna get Brandon Ayuk playing out of the backfield in this game. Like I have no doubt that Shanahan is gonna be able to call a bunch of good plays and be able to make this a competitive game for at least you know a couple quarters, but like, what's really the defense against those perfect, 
Russell Wilson moon bombs to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like I, I, you, you could, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do, but it, it is, it's yeah. Seattle is going to win this game and they're going to win by more than three and a half points. I just look at Seattle and they're, they're, they're a little tough because they don't blow anybody out. That's what always worries me about me with Seattle. And it was only like three points, but like they just don't get a lot of big point wins. And they yes. Oh, they've like, never played a normal game, right? The Kevin yeah. Clark tweet. They've never played a normal game. <laughs> even going back to last year, I mean, they just don't blow teams out even in their wins. Uh, they let teams hang around. The defense is so bad. I mean, in Carl's done that, they won't have this week. This one's not on my thing. I do like the Seattle side a little more. I'm just, it's, a, it's one that's just a, I don't know if I feel good about betting on it. I just, um, but, I just jam all the quarterbacks who are yeah. like, that's my thing in sports betting is like, I, if I, <laughs> if I think my thing in sports betting, if there's like a three yard gap in YPA between the quarterbacks, I literally don't give a shit about anything else. Like I real like, I don't care about weather or gate or coach. Like, I'm just like, this one quarterback is so much better than the other one. And my number one take watching football is that court, like we don't even value quarterbacks enough. Like quarterbacks are worth like eight wins. Like we, we've we're seeing this right now with Dallas, right? We're like Andy Dalton is a guy who's led ten win teams. He averages seven point four YPA for his career. Andy Dalton is whatever you want about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is like a perfectly average NFL quarterback. And the difference between Dak, who is like one of the five best quarterbacks, and Andy Dalton is like you know eighth best team in the NFL versus like the second worst team in the NFL. Like. It, quarterback we can't even put accurate like math and and words to how much these good quarterbacks matter and Jimmy Garoppolo sucks and I want to keep shorting Jimmy Garoppolo as long as he's a starting quarterback I really think he's so bad I mean they're they're gonna probably try to hide him like they've done the last two weeks (laughs) um yeah man listen I got I've got no pushback on Jimmy Jimmy G takes (laughs) yeah <laughs> I just uh, I just look at Seattle yeah they, they always I always struggle well, their past defense is teams, so bad so yeah. yeah um yeah my number one is the Rams um, okay or so my number I two was the Rams so my, my number one is the Saints but this is why I don't have it on the list we don't have a clear weather forecast yet for that game if there's no rain if the sun is shining and even if it's windy I think the Rams are good here but Jared Goff, if you go back and historically look at his games in the rain, dude, he turns like it's I've never seen such a thing. Like just if you guys are listening to this, <laughs> Google Jared Goff in the rain and you'll get like 400 stories about how this guy literally crumples. Like it's like he melts like a, the witch from the Wizard of Oz when rain gets out of him. It's <laughs> it's it's like really unbelievable. So you got to like I I just didn't want this game on my list because if it's if it's rainy and I'm holding that Rams ticket I'm gonna be like well I guess I should have just donated this money to charity. It's still way short than it should be in my opinion. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean it, you know maybe it's because they're coming off of the Monday night game but uh, the, the the Rams have been awesome under Sean McVay on the road. They're twenty and nine uh, on the road. They're eight and two overall and eight and two against the spread on the Eastern time in the Eastern time zone. And the one loss did come this year against Buffalo, but it all, they also have a win, two wins, Washington uh, where they covered and then the Philadelphia where they went and boat raced and covered. Uh, you got two in his first start, you know, kind of a wild card. See how this works out. We have the dolphins who have played absolutely no good defenses so far. The best defense they played on paper from like uh, any analytical stance, the 49ers and the 49ers didn't even have like anybody active that game. Like they, they rolled out like dudes like Brian Allen and their secondary and got crushed. So they haven't played anybody good at all. And the only good offense they played, well, they faced two good offenses, the Bills and the Seahawks, but they haven't faced all the other offenses, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Patriots, 
just bad teams, bad teams they face so far. So, and then and their interior uh, offensive line is awful, and they're facing a Rams team that is all about interior pressure. Uh, it looks like Ashawn Robinson also is going to be there with Aaron Donald uh, for this game. They're six in the NFL in sacks with twenty. Uh, they're great against the pass so far this season. So, it, I mean, it, it's really tough. And then they're also, you talk about the golf thing, the Rams side is because they are another team that started to hide their quarterback like Garoppolo. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't see how the Dolphins stop the run game here. I mean, the the, the Rams have been running it on just about everybody, uh, and the Dolphins are are horrendous against the run. And, and against bad teams, against bad running teams so far this season so I think it's a big Daryl Henderson Malcolm Brown game regardless um but uh yeah I get you get some bad weather we're gonna definitely google those Jared Goff takes yeah <laughs> who was the quarterback that they dumped the water on it wasn't Goff that Pep Hamilton dumped the water on was it Wentz it might have been at the pro know. day where he walks up to him on the pro day there's a video of this Pep Hamilton with the Browns walks up to the guy and makes him he dumps a bottle of water on his hand uh, as he's holding the football, makes him go through the rest of the drills like that. This takes like a bottle of Aquafina or whatever, just like dumps it on the dude's hand. Man, I wonder who it was. I can't forget who it was. Was it Wentz? Was it, was it Baker? I can't remember. Maybe, now but, now uh, I'm going to have to go look when we get done here. This is a real thing. It's like you can see it. Like he just takes like, it like it's like, what? What the hell are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, I had, I had the Rams on there, so we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think that's the right side. And I also think, by the way, the reason why you're getting such a good number is all of the old uh, cigar smoke in Las Vegas guys. They're like, this is the spot they avoid. Team on short work, team on short week, West sure. Coast team traveling east, early start time. Like it, it's literally all the spots that you that the hashtag trends tell you not to bet. But also, by the way, I did just confirm I went through and Googled Jared Goff in the rain and Oh, and it, it was the Browns. It was the Browns made Jared Goff work out with a, a waterlogged football at his pro day. And there's a picture of Pep Hamilton uh, putting the yep. putting yep. a Gatorade <laughs> bottle all over his yeah. Because and the reason why is Goff has has nine inch hands instead of ten, which is like what the quarterback size you want. So it's like Goff is this kid from L.A. who's never seen rain in his life. He's got tiny hands. He played like you know he plays in L.A. professionally. So it's just like. It's it's the perfect culmination of things. So if this if it's sunny, if the birds are chirping, I'm with you. But if, if it's raining, if I wake up on Sunday morning and we have, you know, three inches of rain coming down in Miami, I'm betting the dolphins. Nice. I love that. I'm here for the uh the Jared Goff rain narrative too. I'm all for stuff like this. Yeah, it's just that's one of my that's one of my uh that's one of my my long term that's one of my like long term takes like you got it you got to have takes that you're ready to bet like when that when they come up and this is one of them where i'm like i don't care who the opponent is i'm betting jared goff uh i'm betting I'll just never forget goff that man that, that, that i couldn't remember if it was golf or not but that pep hamilton walking up like hey man time out and like dumping a bottle of water in the guy <laughs> like what's happening that's so funny <laughs> um all right what's what's uh what's your big dfs takes this week what what game are you really stacking uh, are you do you do you want to throw any words of caution on dj dallas as the only active running back on the seahawks <laughs> roster well, just from the stance, like you said, I mean, you're just going to invoke them to keep letting Russ cook. I mean, that's really it. But I mean, I mean, I, I mean, we're going to see again. I mean, D, DK or FanDuel, like, seemingly didn't care that Joe Mixon was probably not going to play again. Like, they didn't even touch Gio, Gio's price. They, they both got a little aggressive on Jamal Williams, but like, no one cared. Not about aggressive Gio. enough, though. 
No, not aggressive enough. But I mean, dude, they didn't even move Geo. Like Geo didn't even like go anywhere on either yeah. site. And it's like, and, and it was like clear as day, Mixon was going to miss two weeks because they had a bye in week nine. And it was just like, well, what are you guys doing? Uh, and they didn't do anything. They didn't touch his price. Uh, so I mean, he's going to be like hard to get away from, even if you have all these other running back squares which we do have Jamal Williams probably again because we talked about Devontae Adams. I mean, the Packers are just so cautious with these guys. They don't play guys in the Q tag, like, ever. Uh, it's probably, Devontae honestly, like, it's probably, honestly, like, I would bet long-term, like, the, like, sports scientists and everything will be like, oh, that's really smart of them to do because they have this really great quarterback. They have, well, not a very good defense, but I guess, I guess they just have this great quarterback and a good offensive line. So they beat up on bad teams and there's just no reason to be playing, you know, Jamal Williams or, or Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams when you're a seven point favorite, like just let them rest. And then, you know, you, you're just getting your healthiest team possible for the playoffs. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, we've got a couple of weird spots. Uh, I think the Titans Bengals game is, a, is probably the funnest game on the slate. Uh, just because the ba- I think the Bengals are just going to play like from here on out just a bunch of fun games. I mean, we've seen them play yeah. a shootout with the Colts, a shootout with the Browns, two shootouts with the Browns technically, uh, because the defense is bad and they are a team that like they just drop back and throw so much like they don't care. Dude, Joe Burrow is on pace for like 770 dropbacks. Like it's insane. Like it's it's amazing. We always talk about like efficiency leads quarterback production for fantasy, and it does. But there's a point where like that a certain amount of volume does matter and does inflate your counting stats. And Joe Burrow is there where you're dropping back 48 times per game that your counting stats are going to get there. And that's why he has five 300 yard passing games over his past six games. It doesn't even matter what his yards per attempt are. When you get that many pass attempts, uh, your, your counting stats are going to get there. And now the passing touchdowns have started to come for him and they've kind of figured out, I mean, they've got now you figure like we talked about it uh, when we talked about the CD lamb thing a few weeks ago, about the Bengals actually having one of the deeper receiving cores, and they do, and like they find a figure out what AJ Green is still good at, like where his gat, where the needle is still at for him these past few games. And you got the ascension of T. Higgins as the lead lifter, and then Tyler Boyd just as like a really solid like intermediate receiver. And like they figure out that they've got those guys, and they can lean on those three guys. And not a lot of other teams have three solid receivers like the Bengals. Uh, so I mean, I think the Bengals are just going to be a fun team that we kind of target every week, as long as we don't catch bad weather games with them at home. Uh, they'll be a team we kind of look to weekly. And this is a perfect kind of game for Tannehill to be great because the Bengals get no pressure, and his uh, on-pressure and off-pressure splits are, like, incredible. Um, and they're going to just do a bunch of play action and ride Derrick Henry and do all that shit that they always do. Uh, but Man. I, mean, I like that. I like that game a lot. So one thing I'm thinking is, you know, probably DJ Dallas, we're going to get him as the only active, Ross, only active running back on the Seahawks roster. Jamal, Geo. obviously a lot of people are going to play Alvin Kamara. A lot of people are going to play um, Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that all of these things add up to me playing like 18% owns Derrick Henry and not 28% owns Derrick Henry. Cause like, I think, I think this sets up as like an all time big dog game where the Titans are able to get up early. We have the Bengals putting up points with like all those passing attempts and you know, the big dog just gets, 28 carries 111 yards and two touchdowns but I mean you need him for for him to pay off now you need him to get the 80 yard touchdown yeah his his well there's a couple things different from Derrick Henry this week than it was a couple weeks ago well and one obviously is the the price hike on both sides I think he was 73 on DK that week and he's eight now and he's nine five on FanDuel which is 
<laughs> insanity. Because uh, um, you have to get touchdowns on FanDuel, like at that price. Like you can't pay 10K for running back and not get one touchdown. Like you have to get two probably uh, or just one super long one. Because when McCaffrey was consistently 10K, like you know, like, well, I've got a good shot to get two regardless. Like I'm just going to get two touchdowns. It'll be fine. Uh, and then the other thing this week is the opportunity cost with Derrick Henry. The one driving force for Derrick Henry two weeks ago against Houston was that the, the top of the running back position was bludgeoned. There was, like, nowhere to go with that. So, like, people were – not only was it a good spot for him, a great matchup, but no one had anywhere else to allocate, like, that big top running back salary to. I mean, Kamara was off the main slate around by that week, and Zeke was off the main slate. He was on Monday night. Uh, and then, like, there was just nowhere to go. We had injuries like Dalvin Cook was off the board. And there was just nowhere to go a big salary. So, it was, like, I think that's why his ownership got there. I don't think his ownership will be as high this week as it was that week because of that opportunity cost and the price hike. Uh, I don't think we'll see him as heavily owned as he was that week. Actually, this is, uh, this is uh, another, another question to ask you. Where are you going to rank Zeke at next year amongst running backs? What, what round next does Zeke year? go at? Yeah, next year. Where does Zeke I mean, go? If Dak is back and everyone's back, probably still in the first round. So my thing is, this is a brutal injury for Dak. I don't think we can count on him being back for week one next year. I mean, the real thing on Zeke is how do you treat him the rest of this season? If you have him like – He's the same as Ronald Jones. Like, where is the cutoff? Like, where are you – like, if – if you if I offer you James Robinson for Zeke right now – Smash accept. Smash accept. Oh, I'm not – (laughs) dude – I'm running. I am running to press that button. I mean, all right, so, all right, so we're not there yet. So James Robinson, let's see if I can do better. I mean, just, so just say your guy, Ronald Jones. Like, what are you? If I offer so you I would Ronald take, Jones, that's the line, right? Because because Ronald Jones is in a timeshare. It is it is it is non disputable now. He is in a timeshare, and Zeke is not in a timeshare yet. But Tony Pollard is coming, dude. Tony Pollard looks way better than Zeke does, and they each of the uh, each of the games without Dak, they've been playing Pollard a little bit more and a little bit more. And I, I have a feeling that this Sunday night game, I have a I have an inkling that this Sunday night game between Dallas and Philadelphia, that that we're gonna get like six Tony Pollard targets, and that he is gonna be playing a lot more on third downs, and that Zeke is gonna be the early down guy. I I feel I feel that is in in the offing. Uh, Chad, Chad Scott, our buddy, uh, that media show, if he just like, he's big on, you know, just like said, like dude, Zeke's like body language right now. is just a disaster. Like he just looks defeated. It looks like, he's I mean, he fumbles like every like, time he touches the ball. <laughs> oh man, dude. It's, it's rough. I mean, you're in a tough spot. Cause it looked like early in the season, like McCaffrey got hurt. Saquon got hurt. Yeah, it looked like he was the number one guy in fantasy. Run. You're good to go. Like you got it right. If you got Zeke. Uh, but yeah, th- that's kind of the, where we're at. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like if, yeah, if I offered you David Montgomery, what are you taking? No, I would because Zeke will still <laughs> Zeke Zeke in a timeshare will score more touchdowns than than Montgomery will. Um, let's, but okay, let's think then. about so like yeah, so like mid mid RB two then. So would you would you take Mike Evans for Zeke? Given all like because because that's a huge nexus here is because we got this game on Monday night where the giant or where the Buccaneers are going to play without Antonio Brown and without. Chris Godwin, right? So we're going to get at least theoretically, if Mike Evans is not banged up super bad, he and he has an extra day to rest. Obviously, we should get a big Mike Evans game, and then Godwin and Brown are entering. Do you take Mike Evans for Zeke, or do you hold Zeke? I would have just hold the running back there. 
Like, yeah, always hold the running I mean, back. I would just yeah. that would just that would be the deciding factor. If both guys, I think, are kind of damaged goods the rest of the season, I would just much rather have a damaged good running back than a damaged good wide receiver. Mike Evans, uh, he's on our main event team that we have together. That is, yeah, is, is cruising, and uh, it is tough scenes. Uh, it's it's incredible how much this team is cruising because we have lost everybody to injury. Everyone's like, dead. Ev- everyone's dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Odell died last week. <laughs> well, we really, we have a Russ DK stack that is just kind of, uh, when paired with Derrick Henry, it's like, really, yeah. that's the team. That's, that's all. Yeah. I mean, and we had, we had Eckler, we had Eckler for weeks two, three, and four. Hopefully he comes back. We did get, we got two explosion Odell games before he went out and we picked up, we got Boston Scott last week and then we have Rager, right? We picked Rager back up. We've got Rager like in Mims yeah. on the bench, but we've gotten really lucky. So since Eckler got hurt. Not that anyone cares. We're just talking about our fantasy team now. But uh, people actually uh, do love this stuff, by the way. Okay. Well, we had Eckler, and we were like, "What the hell are we going to do?" Because we invested in this team. We went running back, running back, and we just like hammered wide receiver. That was the game plan: running back, running back, hammer wide receiver. Eckler goes down. We're like, "What the hell are we going to do?" We get a couple games. We got the two good McKinnon games because he was good both starts. Uh, and we caught the Boston Scott game, so we've been able to hedge around Derrick Henry and like get good RB two production, um, and then ride this rust this Russell train. I mean, we've just been riding the Russell, DK, Derrick Henry train. Uh, so we'll see how we wrap up. We do have Mike Evans on the team, and he's given us a couple of good spots and at least giving us touchdowns. But rest of the season, Mike Evans is looking pretty bleak. You know, when Antonio Brown comes back, we know that him and, him and Brady are chums. Uh, you see, and they don't need any rapport. We've seen it happen last year. People are like – Yep, we with the Patriots. He, he came off the street and got targeted eight times on 14 pass routes. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, they're going to be fine. And then Brady's always just going to now, we understand, we have like a full understanding now with this Bucks offense. Like, Brady's just going to throw to whoever else open. Uh, and so, Gron- I, hey, dude, Gronk is back, bro. I'm ready. Gronk, I'm, looks, Gronk great. Is a, he looks great. Yeah, he's a top seven fantasy tight end the rest of the way, unless he gets banged up. But I mean, that the touchdown he scored last week, that just was, that was vintage Gronk, dude. Like, that was lineup Gronk against a cornerback throw it seven feet in the air, let Gronk jump. He's taller, bigger, stronger than any defensive back. He's going to catch it and come down with it is incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. I mean, he's looked great the, the the past basically four weeks. The stats started coming two weeks ago, but really like for four weeks, he's looked back to kind of, I definitely want to say normal, but he's looked good and, you know, he's getting air yards and downfield targets, which at the tight end position, man, having any tight end on the board this year that we could play – is is a gift from the gods because it's just been a nightmare again man like tight end has just been an absolute travesty again logan thomas is going to finish the season as a top 12 fantasy tight end just by the by the function of like scoring seven touchdowns and staying healthy for 16 games i hope everyone's ready for that Why would you, i want this i want this albert o thing to happen i just drew lock sucks so bad uh I, I mean, I don't want to keep ripping it because we talked about it in the offseason too. And the bang, the Broncos to just not bring anyone in. And so, like, they got fooled by QB win losses so hard. Like, because Drew Luck was not good at the end of last year either. But they were Yeah, no, he just ga- he game managed hard. He went four and one. So people were like, yay, QB wins. Like, he'll get better. People were just like, yeah, well, he was his first start. So he'll get better. And we're like, he's just, he's not good, man. Yeah, uh, and they're, and the they're Al- too the, to be good. So the Drew Locke thing, though, you actually want Drew Locke in for Albert O, though, because of the oh, shower yeah. narrative. So you can't like I, I I'm like some of the stuff I say like this is tongue in cheek. <laughs> we're like I'm making jokes, but like I 100% believe this that the Albert O target explosion on a very limited number of snaps and routes is 
not 100% correlated to Locke being the quarterback because I think Albert O is good and a guy who is so big and strong and fast that he can create his own space. But if Drew Locke was not the quarterback, he probably doesn't get drafted by Denver and he probably doesn't get a chance to start as the move tight end right away because what happened is Nick Vanette and Jake Butt are, are playing like the blocking snap and doing all the run and pass blocking. But Albert O is just fans direct backup. And then he played so well in that first game that they're like, shit, we're giving snaps to these wide receivers who don't have a pulse. Like, why don't we just play Albert O instead of Deshaun Hamilton or KJ Hamler? Uh, and it, Hamler will get there yet. He's just really raw. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, it's happening, dude. Albert Ogwabunum. Oki, oh, man, I had it yesterday. I had it yesterday, bro, on the small. I don't even I try, it right. man. I don't, I don't even give it the effort. I hear it pronounced different, and then I always hear everyone, and everyone always follows up, and they're like, well, that's how he wants it pronounced. I'm like, well, that's what the last guy said. <laughs> like, I need it. But, uh, yeah, I want that to happen. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun week uh, overall. I think that if we – I don't know what the weather stuff – I don't really get caught up in the weather narrative too much. Uh, not until Sunday morning and, like, the people really like that I care about tell me like it's a thing, but I definitely on Wednesdays don't start caring about weather. Uh, we'll see it happen Sunday morning. Yeah. I mean, and if the current weather forecast holds, um, I don't know. It's definitely like the, the thresholds are below 10 degrees and below or above 20 mile an hour winds. Those like, right. if it's, if it's 13 degrees with 15 mile an hour winds, it's like, whatever. There's just a, such a loose correlation there between, um, you know, expected fantasy scoring, but, it, but below 10 and above 20, those are like your, your temperature and wind thresholds. But that's not to say that fantasy points can't get scored in those game environments. It's just a little bit more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. That, that, that's really it, man. So hopefully we continue this uh, little run we're on. Hopefully Cody Parkey makes extra points this week <laughs> and we're good to go. Yeah, there we go. All right, everyone, follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. Make sure to check out all the stuff they have going on over at Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, listen to the oh the, the Sharp Angles Pod, and then what's the one pre snap pre snap reads? Oh, pre snap motion. Quick, if I could do one quick plug, we did a promo yes, plug last it. night. Yeah, we did a promo that if you're listening to this as Davis gets it up through Friday night. We did the amount of points scored in last night's game was the discount. So if you use Sharp forty two. Uh, you'll get 42% off anything you want to go and sign up for uh, on the site, whether it be a week package, monthly betting, whatever you want to do. It's Sharp 42, gets you 42% off anything. Yeah, there we good go. Thing, sharp good 42. Thing they didn't score 100 points. Yeah, uh, I'll put I'll put Sharp 42 in the uh, description for this podcast. You guys, uh, you don't even have to write it down. You can just copy and paste it in the podcast description. Everyone, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back with more hot fire picks next week. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.